Run Talk SA episode 20. Uh, it's double, double figures, if that makes any sense. From myself, Brad Brown. I uh, hope you're well. Other side of the microphone, Simon Parkinson. Today, Parky, are you well? I am indeed very well and uh, looking forward to our 21st, which will be next week. And it's good that we've got uh, our loyal listeners once again tuning in for this edition of Run Talk SA. Loads of things on the show this week. I know that you caught up uh, with a lady and started talking about gels. Uh, I don't know whether, well, let's put, it this, let's put it this way. I don't know whether I've ever believed in them myself. I've never taken them on a run. I uh, just don't like the taste of them. But, of course, they, they do work for a lot of people. Uh, interesting chat, though, Brad. It was, Parky. I caught up with Louise Bembridge, our, our resident uh, dietitian, and, and it was exactly that. And, and the reason I wanted to catch up with her is, is I was looking at a couple of gel, the packaging from gels, and I was looking at the nutritional info on the back of uh, the, back of the packs, and it's so confusing because there's no conformity. Every single gel's got a different sort of nutritional value sort of table, so you can't compare one with the other. And I thought, you know what, let me get Louise on. Let's chat about gels. And you say you've never used them. I used odds and sods early on in my running career. I don't use too many now. But we, we chatted a little bit about sort of what they do for you, how to read those labels. And also, if you're not into gels, what are the alternatives? That is the thing. There's got to be alternatives. And you can't just run, even though Professor Tim Noakes would probably actually say completely opposite to me. Uh, in my opinion, you cannot do something like the Two Oceans or the Comrades or even a marathon without supplementing with one form of uh, energy uh, or another what that is how you often you do it well that's all up for debate i mean i know that uh, professor tim noakes reckons if you eat enough the day before in the form of protein you shouldn't have to have anything but water uh, but i think that that's quite dangerous yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And we did chat to Prof Tim Noakes here on Run Talk SA as well. If you want to listen to that interview, because it ties in quite nicely with what I chatted to Louise about today, it's runtalksa.co.za uh, forward slash 12. That's where you can get that interview. But uh, that interview with Louise, very, very interesting uh, on today's show. You also had a pretty interesting interview that you caught up with someone this week, Parky. Yeah, I spoke to a guy called John Addison, and uh, he basically was talking about a race which uh, Vodacom not in South Africa, but obviously, in fact, Vodafone, I think they're known, um, up in the Congo. They've just run a race uh, early September, and 4,600 people at the marathon in Kinshasa. Uh, they do it as sort of like a CSI type thing. And uh, I just thought, you know, for South African runners, we run around South Africa. Some of us might go as far as Victoria Falls and Kilimanjaro, maybe the more famous of the African races. But um, there obviously are major races and major centers around Africa. Um, I'm not sure whether I'd be you know, jumping on a plane and hopping up to uh, Kinshasa to go and do a run. But uh, John tells me it is perfectly safe and there's flights every day there. And South African runners should maybe consider doing these sort of things. So it was good catching up with him. And, of course, he just tailed that uh, interview by telling us that, once again, the Kilimanjaro um, entry is now open for next year March for those uh, planning to do the Kilimanjaro it's uh, it's worth maybe uh, looking into that yeah Parky and also this week we've got a brand new run talker of the week something we've introduced on the website if you haven't checked it out yet uh, this week it's a guy by the name of Ntutu Liseka who works for uh, not works who runs rather uh, for Varsity Kudus a really nice write-up about him what it keeps him going what keeps him fired up and then I've also I haven't even told you this this is news to you as well 
is I've introduced something else on the website this week uh, that's going to be up pretty much forever, and it gives you a chance as a listener to the show to ask not necessarily us a question, but our panel of experts. So if you want to ask our dietitian something, or if you want to ask the physio or the coach, uh, all you need to do is you can leave a voicemail. And if we like your question, we'll pop it on the show and get the expert to answer it for you. So it's that easy. Just go over to runtalksa.co.za and you'll see on the side of the website, there's a little tab that says leave a voicemail. Click on that and it's really easy. If you've got a PC or a smartphone or a tablet, you can leave it there. 90 second voice message and who knows, you could be featured on the next episode of Run Talk SA. So uh, without further ado, let's get straight into this week's show. In the first chat of the week, uh, we caught up with Louise Bembridge. Run Talk SA, it's been a while since we've had uh, our resident dietitian on the show, and uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome back onto Run Talk SA, Louise Bembridge. Louise, thanks for joining us uh, once again today. Thanks so much for having me, Brad. Louise, I wanted to chat a little bit about gels. Uh, there's obviously a lot of talk about it. You heard our interview that we did with uh, Professor Tim Noakes in episode 12. He totally reckons it's the biggest waste of money on the planet uh, using these sort of energy gels in races. A lot of people swear by them, and, and I don't want to go just by what the prof is saying and saying, well, the prof says that they rubbish, don't use them. Uh, a lot of people still use them, despite the prof saying that uh, it's a waste of money. And, Louise, I wanted to chat to you about this thing. I, I'm going to use myself as an example, and I think a lot of people are sitting in this boat where they use gels, and I've experimented with, with a lot of gels to see what works and, and what I can sort of take from, from a palate perspective, especially on the long runs. And... Uh, it's been a case of, of sort of trial and error, but if I had to be asked what do the numbers on the back of these gel packets mean, I couldn't tell you, to be dead honest. And I think a lot of people are sitting in that boat where they look at the nutrition facts on the back of it and they're going, uh, yeah, it sounds great, but uh, yeah, don't know what it does for me. So I don't know if, if you get a lot of questions in your practice from athletes, in particular runners, asking you about these gels and, and sort of what, what they do and how they work. What's your take on gels? Um, I do get a lot of questions about them, especially because, um, you know, as you said, it's trial and error, and everyone is very different. Um, my take on them is that if there is no alternative, I do think they do have a place. Um, some people can't handle them because they are very concentrated and very sweet. Um, but also, to a large extent, I think it's quite... A psychological effect, all these things that we take while we're running or cycling or whatever we're doing. Um, but as far as my personal opinion goes, I don't like to use them. I think they taste awful. But um, for some people, they do make a big difference. Yeah, Louise, it's funny. You talk about the taste, and it's, it's also not just the taste, but it's the consistency of them. I mean, I've tried a whole bunch. I've found, I don't, uh, to be honest, I don't use them often. I, I find every year, especially like at a race like Comrades, uh, I get a fuel belt and I carry these things and I've got gels that I think have done three comrades with me. They, they still in the, in the fuel belt and they've never been used. Uh, just because it's exactly that. You get to a point in the race where you just can't take sweet things anymore. I like eating solid real foods on, on a race. I think potatoes are great. Uh, I love uh, the odd sami, believe it or not. But a lot of people do swear by these gels and, and a lot of people just use them because a lot of people are using them but they don't really know with regards to, to, to what's in them. So, 
Louise, I'm sitting with a whole bunch of gels in front of me right now, and I think a couple of them have actually done comrades with me. So I've got a, a, a peanut butter goo. I know this one's definitely done comrades with me this year because it came out of the fuel belt. And it's, to be honest, it's, it's one of the few gels that I can, can take. I mean, the peanut butter, I'm a huge peanut butter fan generally. And I almost use it as a reward on long ones where it's something to look forward to uh, more than anything for me uh, if, if I'm not feeling great from, from being able to eat something solid. But let's look at the, the nutrition stuff on the back of it. Uh, and also, one of the problems I find is, is that the portion sizes are, are, I say portion sizes, but the size of these gels are all slightly different. I mean, I've got a goo in front of me and this one's 32 grams, I think, or is it 30 grams? 32 grams. Uh, I've got the PVM, which is 35 grams. I've got another one here, which is the Rocket Gel, which is 30 grams. And then I've got a USN one in front of me as well, which is 30 grams. So they're all slightly different. And, and uh, if you look at the, the serving sizes on the back, the numbers then don't add up because they, they're slightly different on, on the gram size thing. So it, it gets slightly confusing. But let's talk through the goo one first, okay? It's saying serving size, one pack, 32 grams. It's got 100 calories serving so in that 32 grams 100 calories what does that mean um it means that um the actual energy that you will be getting out of the actual goo would be 100 calories which is the equivalent of about 430 kilojoules if you work the other way around um and 100 calories sure doesn't get you very far it's probably about 10 to 15 minutes of running, if that's depending on the person. Um, so, but as far as the energy comes with these things, they all are a little bit different, but at the same time, they're round about the same. They'll all be between 100, maybe 120 calories if you look at all of them. Um, but when it comes to looking at the actual calorie content of these things, to me, that's little bit of information is actually irrelevant when it comes to the running because what we're looking for is actually the carbohydrate to give us the energy. Okay, so so the carbs, is, is that's the important thing to look at. Am I right? Yes. Okay, so let's look at the carbs on this. And, and this is what makes it so confusing. Louise, let, let me use goo as an example. These labels, every single one's different. The goo is a, 30, a 32 gram serving size, but the total carbs is is 20 grams, okay, which is, and, and then it says, seven percent yes which means what <laughs> um the percentage is the percent of daily value that you can have um and it's normally based on an average diet which for most most people very big generalization here but for most people it's about two thousand calories if you are an active person um, but that's a big generalization, so don't take that to heart. But that's what the percentage means. So if it's 7%, then it's 7% 7, 7 of your daily value of carbohydrates that you are allowed with a 2,000-calorie diet. Okay, so in this one, you're looking 20 grams, 7% of your, your daily sort of value. 20 grams of carbs, is that a lot of carbs? Is it not a lot of carbs? Is it good? Is it bad? Um, it's average for the, the gels that we get. Um, most of them you'll find are between 20 and probably the max you'll find is about 27 grams. Um, and they do that on purpose because when you are running um, for longer times, you do need 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour depending again on the person. 
So say you are a very efficient runner and you use your energy very well, and you probably only need about 30 grams per hour, in which case, you know, 20 grams with a, um, a goo is perfect because then you might have a sip of Coke here or there or Energade or something else that you're having along the way. Um, but most of them would be around 20 grams of carbohydrates, and that's why. Okay, brilliant. And, and then it says sugar's 5%. Does that fall under the carbs, or is that totally separate? Um, it does fall under the carbs because the um, sugar is a carbohydrate. Um, and most of them will tell you what kind of sugar they use. Um, the goo, I think the goo one comes in the ingredient list where they tell you what kind of sugars they use. Um, but some of them actually put it in there, so it would say carbohydrates of which total sugars, and they'll put the type of sugar that they use in brackets. So sometimes it will be dextrose or maltose or fructose or sucrose, that kind of thing. Um, so it does make up the carbohydrate, and that would effectively tell you almost how quickly it would be taken up. So if there's a lot of sugar out of that 20 grams, if there's a lot of sugar, then obviously it will be taken up a lot quicker, um, and then your body will use it in different ways. Okay, so the more, the more sugar in, in that, the quicker it will be absorbed into the body? Yes. Okay, so, so that, that's probably important to look at if you're comparing gels and comparing the labels at the back. Uh, my guess would be, I mean, the, the goo is, is 5%, uh, and then I'm just looking at uh, the PVM one, that's 6%. So the PVM one would be absorbed into the body quicker than the goo one, just slightly, not, not by much. And then I'm looking at the USN one, and you're looking at sugars. There's also 6 grams, so it's about the same as the PVM. And then mm. looking at the other one that I've got, the Rocket Gel, uh, just looking at that one. I mean, total carbohydrates, it doesn't even, I mean, it's, I mean, and that's the, so the, that's the confusing thing about this, Louise, is, is all the labels are different. There's no sort of standard that, that you can compare apples with apples, essentially. Mm, they are very different, and I think that's what frustrates most people. And that's also why we get it wrong a lot of the time. Um, you know, just back onto the sugars, you're saying that it gets um, absorbed quicker or not as quickly. It also depends on the type of sugar that they're using. So, you know, it does help um, when they do give you the type of sugar that they're using. For example, I've got a Biogen one in front of me here, Brad, and that one gives the breakdown. Um, you know, the sachet is 36 grams, so it's a little bit bigger but then there's eight grams of sugar, and then they tell you what sugar that they have been using. So the more information you have, the better, but at the same time, people don't know how to use the information, so I'm not sure it's a good thing that it's more. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's, it's very, very confusing. I mean, that's, that's probably the biggest thing by... And to be honest, I mean, I thought, you know what, let's look at these labels, and, and I'm, I'm almost more confused than, than when I started. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think so. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And then protein's obviously one of the big things that people talk about, and you need protein. Uh, the, the goo's got some protein in. Uh, looking at the others, no mention of proteins on, on some of the others as well. Protein, a good thing or a bad thing in gels? Um, in gels, you probably wouldn't find much. Uh, that peanut butter goo has probably got a touch of carbohydrate because of the peanut butter. 
Um, but um, I've got a lemon one in front of me, and there's no carbohydrates in there at all. I mean, sorry, no protein in there at all. Okay. Um, so in the goose, you probably won't find them because it really is just a glucose kick that it's looking to give you. Um, but as far as uh, protein for running goes while you are running, it is a whole nother topic that we could talk about. But it is important to try and get a little bit of protein while you are on the road to help the muscles recover as you're going. Okay, and then looking, uh, the, the most important thing you're saying is the carbohydrates. So as far as, as fats and that sort of thing that they've listed in these things, is that important or not really that important? Um, I think for the purpose of the running, it's not that important. Um, but also most of them will have a fat count of zero. So it does almost become irrelevant. Okay, because I mean the goo that I'm sitting with here, it says total fat 1.5, which is which is quite interesting. It's saying 1.5 grams, which is 2% of your daily value, but then it breaks it down to saturated fat and trans fat, and both of those are zero. So at the end of the day, it's not really telling you much about the fat, is it? Exactly, and then you beg to question what kind of fat is in there. Exactly, if, not, if it's not saturated fat and it's not trans fat, what is it? <laughs> exactly, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a bit worrying actually. But, yeah. uh, but then at the same time, that was the peanut butter one, um, and the lemon one I've got in front of me has zero grams of fat. So, you know, it's the same company producing two different things and yes it's got peanut butter in it supposedly so it will have a fat content but 1.5 percent i'm not sure if that's even relevant yeah i mean it's it's very it's yeah i mean 1.5 grams out of this so it's two percent it's it's very mm -hmm. very strange and then it, it, it there's obviously different supplements uh, different gels have got different uh sort of other breakdowns i mean this one's got some sodium in it's got some potassium in those sort of things is that important uh, yes, I think the sodium and potassium is important in these things because they do, to a certain extent, prevent cramping and it kind of delays the fatigue a little bit. So um, the sodium and potassium, um, it's definitely important to make sure that they are in there for sure. Okay, so so that that's important. The fat's not too important. The carbohydrates, the number one thing that you you want to look out. Uh, calories, not so much. So let let's break it down and 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 just summarize exactly. Somebody walks into into a, a supplement shop, whether it be a pharmacy or a specialist sort of supplement shop. They walk over to the gels. They pick up a gel. What's the first thing they need to look for on the back of that gel? Uh, for running purposes, I would say the first thing we look for is the carbohydrate. And you want to make sure that it's got at least 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrate per gel. Okay, so you're looking, I mean, I'm looking at the, the sizing of these things. You're looking between 30 and, and sort of maybe pushing 40 grams per, per gel. So obviously the bigger the package, uh, 20, 20 grams, if it's a 40 gram gel, is only 50%. Whereas if it's a 30 gram gel and it's 20 grams, it's then 66%. So am, yes. am I correct in saying the higher the, the carbohydrate percentage in that gel, the better? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> um, yes, because then um, you're getting what you need quicker and you don't have to, because as we said, the taste is not so great, so you don't have to deal with that for too long. Um, but at the same time, some people do react to the amount of carbohydrates. So if there's too much and it's too concentrated, you might be needing to use the port in about 
five kilometers time. It does affect the stomach quite badly. That's what I was going to say. And, and I mean, I made, I don't want to say I made that mistake in my first comrades because it didn't really affect me that badly. But I, I got to the stage where I just couldn't take anything else sweet on because I, yes. had, I had almost started with the gels probably too early. Whereas this year, to be honest, I think if I had one gel the whole run, it was a lot. I just sort of tended to stay away and, and, and eat a lot more solid stuff. Which, which definitely helped me and my comrades this year. Cool. The second thing you're looking at, I mean, the carbohydrates, you're saying that's the most important thing to look at. Standing in front of the, the, the shelves with these gels, what's the second most important thing you want to look at? I would make sure it does have some form of sodium and potassium in it. Um, because if you're using the gels, you're probably drinking it with water to get it down. Um, so you're not getting the sodium or the potassium from the Coke or the other energy drinks that you might be drinking along the way. So definitely to make sure it does have some kind of sodium and potassium in it. And, and uh, I mean, the third most important thing, or is that pretty much the, the two that you want to look at? Um, I think that's about as good as it gets, Brad, when it comes to the gels. Uh, the third one would probably be taste, but I think people would put that at number one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, our taste and consistency, because like I said, I mean, some are obviously a lot thinner than, than others. The, the goose, for, I mean, like the USN as an example is a lot runnier, so I find it's easier to, to get down, but to be honest, personal choice here, I don't like the aftertaste, whereas the goose slightly thicker, uh, but the taste could be possibly slightly better, and that's, that's my opinion once again, and I think it, it's a very personal thing. And, and I, yeah, I mean, you say that people say that that's probably the number one thing. I think that is the number one thing that people don't really care what's in it. It's a gel, as long as they can get it down and it tastes okay. I think is probably the uh, the big sort of thing. But Louise, you say you're not a massive fan on them. Let's talk about why you're not a massive fan of them, and, and what what's an alternative to to these things on on runs. I'm not a massive fan of them because the sugar is so concentrated. Um, and, you know, a lot of people will have them thinking that it's the be-all and end-all and then they actually end up ruining their race. Um, I do think there are a lot of better things that one can have. Um, like you were saying earlier with the normal foods, I mean, you could have a little sandwich on the way and then it's easy to put a little bit of protein in it. So you could have peanut butter with a little bit of strawberry jam so it goes down better on a little bit of white or brown bread, depending on your preference. Um, and that would actually do a lot more for you than having a goo, for example. Um, you could have bananas, you could have uh, jelly babies. Some people go as far as having um, raisins, little chocolate raisins or chocolate peanuts even. Um, dried fruit, all of those type of things would have a better effect on your body. But some people also don't like to eat regular food because they think it's going to do more damage to the stomach, if that makes sense. But as far as I'm concerned, the normal food gives you more of a kick and um, it's more beneficial to your system. And, and potatoes, I mean, potatoes are pretty good as well. Potatoes, yes, potatoes are amazing, uh, especially on the longer runs, you know, from your marathons up to the ultras into comrades. Um, you do want, you do start looking for more salty foods the more tired you get. You don't want the sweet things. Um, so potatoes, they also have um, chips, like Simba chips hanging around. 
those are also very good because uh, it gives you the carbohydrates and then the salt that you're looking for. Yeah, uh, I, I love, I mean, you talk about, about crisps, salt and vinegar crisps. I remember at about 60 Ks in it, comrades, this year I had at, at the club I run for, I had their little tent and I made sure I had a pack of salt and vinegar crisps and that was probably one of the best things I had on race day. Just taste-wise, it broke the sweet uh, and yeah, energy-wise it was great too. Louise, let's, let's talk about, I mean, you talk about the, the whole foods as opposed to the gels. And it doesn't matter what you're taking, whether it be a supplement or whole foods. You, you mentioned that people are worried about what it's going to do to them. The best thing to do is experiment. And, and this is, this is my, my experience. I've tried both, and I find I perform better on whole foods. And, and I can, especially on the long ones, people laugh at me. I think I put on weight at a race like Comrades because I eat so much. <laughs> but, <laughs> Probably. But I've, I've, I've taught my body to, to sort of do that. And I find I react better gut-wise having those foods that, yeah, I don't have lots, but it's, it's a little bit along the way. And these gels are, are designed to give you a boost in energy, if, if I'm correct. So it almost spikes your energy levels. And then the drop is almost as severe as the spike, I've found. Whereas if I'm eating like maybe a potato or, or a sandwich, I just find it's a more progressive and, and slightly better way to do it. And you keep those energy levels within a manageable range. Absolutely. And the fall down from um, the glucose high with uh, sandwiches or potatoes is much slower so as you say, you won't really feel that, oh my gosh, I'm so tired, I need to have a goon now. Um, you know, you kind of progressively get back down to the fatigue level and then um, to have another solid food would actually take you up a little bit quicker and then hold you there for a little bit longer. So that's what I, I think. I think it's better, it tastes better. As you say, you get the comfort from it and the body reacts much better to that type of thing. Yeah, and, and I can't, can't reiterate it more. I mean, if, if you do run a race like Comrades or perhaps you, you're training for two oceans, don't wait for race day to try these things. Try them on your long training runs uh, so that if perhaps it's a, a, a half marathon or a – I mean, half marathon, you wouldn't generally use a gel. I mean, you're only going to be out there depending on your, on your, your, your sort of ability if, if you really sort of on, on, the, on the lower end of the scale with regards to maybe you're just a marginal Comrades runner – I mean, a half marathon, you're going to be out there between two and a half and, and three hours pushing it. So you don't really need a, a gel. It's only when you start getting to the longer ones, so perhaps a 32 or a marathon, where you want to start experimenting with these, these sort of things. Uh, yes and no, Brad. Some people um, use the, the 21s to practice for the marathons, for example. Um, and then they would use the marathons to practice for comrades. So somewhere along the line, you've got to start. So um, what I always say is if you are doing a 21, then maybe if it is goo that you're looking for, for argument's sake, take the goo at the start and see what it does for you. Because, you know, if you know, if, if something's going to go wrong, then it will definitely happen there and then. Um, but also... Um, you are correct in saying that a 21 um, doesn't really do much for the system, but maybe on the longer runs, a lot of people will do club runs, and those are about 25 to 28, maybe 30 Ks. That's definitely a good place to start using them. Um, and I can't stress enough, as you are saying, you know, we, we train for a race so that our body can adapt to what we're doing and we can get faster and stronger. Um, and using 
gels or food or energy drinks, whichever it is that you like to do, is actually training your um, your system to improve the flow through to the muscles. So, you know, you can't use anything new on race day. That would be like going into a race without training for it. Yeah, or, or going in, I mean, you wouldn't do it with gear. You wouldn't go and run a, a marathon or a comrades in a brand new pair of running shoes or a brand new pair of running shorts or a shirt. Exactly. You're going to try these things out on the shorter ones and, and, and see how your body reacts. And, and the nutrition you're putting in is exactly the same. And, and I mean, just as a, a brand new pair of running shoes can, can ruin a race for you, uh, trying a, a brand new gel, for instance, on a race like comrades is just looking for trouble. Exactly. It will ruin the race 100%. If something goes wrong, maybe you're lucky and it doesn't, but 98% of the time it will go wrong. Yeah, and, and you don't want to risk that. I mean, you could you could have a wonderful run and it could be the, the product, nutrition product for you, but you, you don't want to wait until race day to, to try and figure that out. Mm, exactly, and I think if people can take that little bit of information away from this whole conversation, then I think they're 10 steps ahead. Cool. Louise, I think, I think we've pretty much covered quite a bit and, and I think we've put some clarity on it too and, and it's a case of it is. It's a personal choice. If, if you prefer using gels, I think we've touched on what you need to look for. Uh, if, if you're looking for options and what is better, gels or food, I think we, we've covered that as well. But at the end of the day, it is. It is a personal choice and it's up to you as a runner to, to experiment and find what works for you because no two runners are exactly the same. So if, if your mate swears by uh, the USN gels, it might not work for you. But, or if your mate swears by just potatoes, potatoes might not just work for you. It's, at the end of the day, you need to decide what works for you and, and try them out in the shorter runs and the training runs and club runs in the build-up to whatever your goal is. Louise Bembridge, I, I think we've definitely covered everything. It's been great catching up once again and we look forward to having you on the show again in the future. Great. Thanks so much, Brad. I'll chat to you soon. On Run Talk SA this week, I've got John Addison, who's a director for Wild Frontiers. Now, we've spoken to people from Wild Frontiers in the past about the Victoria Falls Marathon, and uh, I happened to get an email from them this week talking about a race which has just happened in Congo, the Congo Marathon in Kinshasa. And I thought to myself, hello, I'm not too sure I would have ever considered going to run in the Congo. So uh, I've got John on the line. And John, uh, how well was this race attended and how did it come about? Uh, it actually worked quite well. I mean, it's, it's a big town, Kinshasa. I mean, it's not just some Mickey Mouse little African town. It's huge. I mean, it's a big city. I mean, it's, it's the, the Paris of Africa. And, uh, yeah, it worked. A lot of organizational things and a brand new crew to work with, but it was excellent. About 4,500 people ran. We had a half marathon and, uh, and a fun run as well. I mean, that was basically what it was all about. And, um, yeah, it worked. I mean, it was good and the weather was good and everything worked out. A lot of entertainment and uh, Congolese musicians and things, and it was fantastic. A really good African race, yeah. And was there many runners from outside of the Congo, or was this, this race uh, particularly um, supported by locals? No, it was mainly local this year. We had quite a short lead time, but uh, there is quite a lot of interest from the surrounding countries to get down there, but we, we didn't have much of a lead time. It was a, it's a corporate social responsibility project that Vodacom and DRC are doing, and uh, basically we had to get it in fairly quickly. Uh, next year, when the dates are set well in advance, uh, we'll definitely get people coming from Cameroon and things like that, and, and even from, the, you know, from South Africa. It's easy to get up there from these daily flights. 
I mean, the thing is, I mean, you guys are involved in the Vic Falls Marathon and the Kilimanjaro Marathon, which comes up in March next year. We'll talk about that in a second. But do you see more and more races becoming available in Africa for South Africans? I mean, we've got a huge culture of running here in South Africa. Uh, but I would hazard a guess that not many of us have sort of crossed uh, the Limpopo to go north. Yeah, I think it's, it's becoming more and more popular. I mean, sports tourism, going to areas to, to do your sport. I mean, you know, I'm not talking about athletes who are running for the money, you know, like Nairobi Marathon and things like that, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, talking about social runners who are going to, to different areas like Vic Falls or Kilimanjaro to run in amazing areas. And with, uh, of course, some of top, Africa's top, uh, top athletes also running in these events. So, yeah, it's, it's a growth industry, sports tourism, whether it's mountain biking or paragliding or running, etc. And, um, you know, the good thing is you can, you know, you go out for a week and you run one day and you meet up with like-minded people and you travel together, you know, Zanzibar, Serengeti, things like that. So it's definitely a growth industry. And and just going back to Kinshasa, if we can, I mean, uh, from a running condition point of view, hot, humid, one assumes, uh, were, were the conditions good? Uh, weather wasn't too bad. We we'd, uh, we started a bit late because, you know, traffic issues. So if we started a bit earlier, it would have been a bit cooler, but... Uh, it was a good day. I mean, you know, by lunchtime it was stinking hot, but uh, in the in the mornings it was probably about 23, 24, which is which is definitely runnable. Uh, but overcast and that sort of thing, which was nice. But um, yeah, as I say, uh, it wasn't bad, and, and some beautiful places to run. And there's, there's sort of eight lane highways there, which we managed to close off a few of them to basically give the guys a bit of space to run. And it's great, beautiful big buildings, and it's it's a good spot. Well, that sounds interesting. I mean, eight-lane highways. Uh, it'd be nice if we could get to get a, a dual carriageway closed down in Johannesburg every now and again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Africa works differently. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, I mean, for the future, you would imagine that uh, you—I would imagine that you're going to be advertising this, and uh, I presume that uh, hopefully, once those dates are released, you can start to give us, giving us ideas of where accommodation is available and uh, and how much race entry is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely, as I say, this, was a, this is the start of a, of a long-term project by Vodacom DRC, as I say, we're doing uh, Lubumbashi, which I think will be a big one because of all the mines and also the closeness to Zambia, and Zambia's got some good athletes down there. Uh, Kisangani, and then finally Goma in the eastern DRC. Uh, hopefully the war stopped by then because I don't really like doing marathons in the middle of war zones. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a project which has got a good social responsibility causes to, to help out the refugees in this um, in that eastern DRC area. There's some terrible stories about what's been going on there for the last 15 years. So it's a, got a good social ethic. And, um, yeah, well, as soon as we get the dates, it's actually, you know, keep an eye on the websites and get everything squared away. And especially people doing business up there, why not pop up and run a marathon before you start your meetings the next day, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay, let's quickly talk about the Kilimanjaro Marathon. That's coming up next year. That one, of course, has been on the calendar for a few years now, and uh, I do know quite a few South Africans have been up there. Uh, when is the race going to be run in 2014? Uh, 2nd of March. Uh, it's always like the last weekend in February, first weekend in March. Uh, yeah, good time of the year. It's not too hot. Uh, just sort of beginning of the rainy season the dust down and the perfect time for, as I say, sports tourism, Serengeti is full of wildebeest migration and Zanzibar is brilliant. And yeah, I mean, last year we had about, well, this year, sorry, I keep on thinking last year, uh, we had about six and a half thousand runners in total. Half marathon's very, very busy and it's good, it's got some good athletes and uh, yeah, it's a good fun race, that, a lot of social involvement, you know, you're running through, through villages and past little pubs and things like that, a lot, a lot of support. It's a proper African race and live music at the finish and uh, Things we don't actually see here in the South African races in terms of fun and entertainment, you know. 
And, and perfectly safe, John. I mean, I know that I sit here in the middle of cosmopolitan Johannesburg, but I think, unfortunately, perception is sometimes that you go up into Africa and, you know, the, the question mark hangs over, am I going to be safe? Am I going to be okay when I go running, you know, in places like the Congo or, or in this particular case, you know, Kilimanjaro? Uh, I mean, what is the, safe, the safety sort of aspect there? Are, are runners okay? Yeah, you know, we, we take this very seriously. I mean, especially in light of that Boston thing which happened a while back. I mean, that, that was terrible. But we don't have that sort of hassle, I don't think, in Africa. I mean, you know, touch wood. Um, uh, as I say, Kitty is fantastic. It's a very sort of laid-back little town, actually. And we know everybody there, and the police are good. And every, you know, everybody, the population knows that the race is for the good of the area, so they, they all appreciate that, that we bring this event to them. Uh, the falls is, well, paradise. I mean, that's a, the only problem you've got there is possibly bumping into an elephant or a buffalo, but we, we sort that out as well with national parks and things like that. We patrol the routes before people run them. So, yeah, I mean, it's as safe as anywhere, you know, and, and obviously the only major is, is traffic, but if you can keep the mad drivers off the road, which we do, then you, you're probably safer than, than running in Joburg. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, okay, just finally, uh, accommodation, I presume all of that will be available and, and you'll give people uh, an idea of where they can get all the details at, at your website, um, which is www.wildfrontiers.com. Yeah, yeah Kelly, Kelly, the flight is, is basically, it's a large cost, so what we're trying to explain to people is pay for the flight. It's been another week up there, it makes it worth your while to just fly up for a weekend because the flight is sort of six and a half grand at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Taxes, so it's worth making it into a holiday and amortizing the cost of the flight to pop up there for a weekend is, is, is expensive. People do it, but uh, it's their money out. <laughs> <laughs> John, thank you very much for talking to us on Run Talk SA, and uh, I hope that we can talk again in the, in the very near future. Yeah, we've got another couple of crazy ones coming up. I'll chat to you when we get them on the go, but uh, it seems that uh, people want us to go and work on the wild frontier, so... <laughs> So there we go, another edition of Run Talk SA. That was uh, episode 20 done. Of course, next week a, a special celebration because, well, our show is 21 weeks old, so we'll bring you some great content next week. Of course, you can always get in touch with us and give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can email us. It's very easy. It's um, podcast at runtalksa.co.za, and we'd love to hear your comments. Of course, Facebook and Twitter, you can also uh, – engage with us via those social mediums as well. And of course, there's always opportunity for you to engage with our brand new form of communication, which Brad introduced, uh, as you would have heard a little earlier on. And that, Brad, is done in the following way, right? Yeah, all you have to do is get over to runtalksa.co.za. You'll see on the, the side, on the right-hand side of the website, there's a little tab that says, leave us a voicemail. Uh, if you have any questions or if you've run a race or you want to tell us about something, you can leave a 90-second voicemail. If we like your comments or questions, we could feature you on an upcoming episode of Run Talk SA. So get to the website runtalksa.co.za. It is as easy as that. And that's about it from me, Simon Parkinson. Have a great running week and we'll speak to you next week. Yeah, absolutely, Parky. And from myself, Brad Brown, before I do go, that by the time you listen to this, we've probably concluded our next Comrades Marathon webinar as well. So if you want to check out what happened, if you missed it live, all you need to do is get over to runtalksa.co.za. So until next week, from myself, Brad Brown, cheerio.